If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD. Along with me for the ride, as always, is Will the Thrill. Greetings and salutations. Woo! Did you slam a door? What the hell was that? That was a little spicier than I expected. Oh, wow, that was awesome. And that comes to you compliments of the Golden Road Wolf Among Weeds IPA. Yeah. I've had some of that. I've had some of that wolf weed before, man. It's pretty awesome. And uh, I'm not saying we're sponsored by Golden Road, but if you would like to give us beer, right. I, I wouldn't say no. We could, it could certainly be arranged. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to introduce our our third. It is TJ Two, the Deuce. This is going to pale in comparison. I mean, it's okay. Can so, I? Well, well, really quick. What are you drinking? Uh, oh. Eddie had a day. I made myself a margarita. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It sounded like you dropped your keys on the ground or something. Did you, uh, yeah. you ever had uh, one of those days where everything you think might go wrong does, but then there's like a whole other world of shit you didn't even consider that explodes in your face? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind, of, kind of where I was today. It's like a train wreck next to a dumpster fire on the way to see a tag team goat bleeping. Fair enough. So can I tell you a story about the beer that Will is drinking? Sure. Sure. So I picked it out. Now, it's not that I'm great at picking out beers or whatever. Apparently, no, you apparently are. (laughs) And you don't drink it, which is why I think it's so remarkable. Is it good? Is that good? Okay, hang on. Let's let's see if it's good. Wolf Among White Weeds IPA. Take one. It's like I've had one already. I'm like, oh, (laughs) did you just drink? (laughs) Oh, that is good. Oh, yay. I am good. Okay, it, is, it is not hops to the face. Okay. So the reason why I was kind of excited to buy this beer for Will was not that I was buying beer for my husband, but I went to a place called Amazon Fresh. <laughs> it is a subsidiary or a brick and mortar of, you know, an Amazon grocery store. Here's the crazy thing. There is a way that you can utilize the carts at the grocery store to never have to talk to anybody or actually pay with money or a cart. So what happens is you have the cart and it's a robot. And no matter what you buy, when you put it into the cart, there are scanners and sensors throughout the entire cart that can figure out what you're buying. It scans the QR, like the scans the the SKU, uh, the barcode, and it weighs it. And then it charges your Amazon account. And you oh, that's never, that, oh God, that's creepy. You never have to talk to a person. It's when, you said, when you said that you can go to a grocery store and leave without actually using a card or cash, I thought, well, what's left? Like bartering with beaver pelts? What? <laughs> Doubloons? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Rupees. 
rupees. It's an actual currency. It is. Yeah. I know. Well, so are beaver pelts. I, I guess you have a fair point. <laughs> so anyway, that was my trip yesterday. Now I'm looking up beaver pelts no. to rupees conversion. <laughs> yeah, please, yeah, please do. Hey, uh, I have one correction to offer from uh, okay. last week. Correct. Okay, so, so last week uh, was part two of Jim Croce, and Will is doing some very heavy lifting research on this, and, and so that's why we're going to do another uh, Slap Nuts Good Time Hour. Also, it's <laughs> also it's my birthday. Happy birthday! So when this episode comes out, it will be my birthday. It will officially be your birthday. You and will I, be old. I did not want to um, have any kind of death or destruction. Yeah. So we were like, uh, you know what? Let's put down let's put down the the dark stuff for just a week and just have a good time. And so that's why you're getting this episode because it's my birthday and I am 42. I am Douglas Adams. I am the answer to all of the the, the ultimate question. It is 42. Because I think LD saw me hunching over the books and the computer and just thinking this content is going to be rough. And it is when we get back to gym. It's yeah. Want to deal and with you're today. you're now in the uh, target demographic for K and W cafeteria. Ooh. Ooh, do we get a discount? Do we? I probably should. It's your last age. Look, I was I was super excited when I turned twenty five because I'm like, now I can rent a car. I never got excited over like the real stuff. Like I'm twenty one, I can drink legally now. I was like, ah, whatever. Twenty five, I can rent a car. Yeah, once you once you pass that, you're in like that gray zone where it's like, well, next one's sixty five, where I can get discount bus fare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beyond beyond that, the there's not much to look forward to. The sundown breakfast, yeah. Denny's. Yeah, yeah, all right. I would say you get a discount at Denny's and uh, I think a nickel coffee at Hardee's. Wound um, over my hammy. Woot, woot. But when you go to a when you go to K and W, eat lots of greens though. It's it's difficult for people your age to uh, successfully have BMs. I understand. <laughs> Just for everybody to know, uh, my brother is actually five years older than Mason. He's already got like bone <laughs> loss and memory loss. It's all about loss now. So yeah, it's all about loss. <laughs> actually, the memory the memory's still good. The uh, the knee cartilage has uh, departed, but um, <laughs> that is what's other than that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we are taking a one week break from Jim Croce, and we'll get back to it next week. But in part two, Will was discussing the fact that. Jim had signed up for the National Guard pretty much to avoid being sent to Vietnam, which was something that was very common at that time, and that he was sent to, uh, I think, basic at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Indeed he was. And, of course, I live in South Carolina, and and LD uh, lived here for, I guess, about 19 or 20 years of her life. Um, And you said to me, Will, so what is the weather like and it, because this is in the Midlands and, and around the Columbia area of South Carolina in early September. But I didn't realize you said that until I went back and listened to the episode. I heard you say December. So ah. I said, it's cold. Sure. <laughs> December, it's cold. Early September is miserably hot. <laughs> it's a good approximation of what hell probably feels like. It's still summer, and you get those uniquely southeastern United States days where it's 91 degrees and there's 85% humidity and it only cools off when there's um, a frightening thunderstorm. But then once that, that stops, it's actually worse because it's even more humid then. I was going to say, at least hell is a dry heat. Right. Hell at least is a dry heat. I mean, it's like hell right down to the, to the flesh eating insects. Yeah. Yeah. LD will attest, A, we have these things called palmetto bugs, which are basically 
cockroaches on steroids that speak five languages and know kung fu. They can fly, and they have the power of telekinesis. Yeah, the thing that scares yes. you guys have chiggers. Those are nasty. Oh, we also have oh god, and I got oh god, I, oh I got in a patch of those when I was on vacation. Oh. We have biting flies. We have flies that will actually bite you. You're like the Australia of the South. It's all trying to kill you. <laughs> and dirt daubers and all kind of fun stuff. My and uh and you you with you two about to move uh, back close to the area anyway. Um, you'll appreciate this. It is said of South Carolina's mosquitoes that they're so big they can stand flat-footed and bleep a turkey in the butthole. That is a terrifying image. <laughs> well, think right. think so, about what it's like for the turkey. Think about what it's like for the turkey. So I think right now would be a great time to say that this is probably not an episode <laughs> for the kids. Uh, Are any I mean, if you don't know me by now, you uh, will never, never know me. me. Ooh. all right okay so <laughs> so uh probably not an episode for the kids uh just so you guys know so maybe come back uh when we're not talking about whatever we're talking about tonight and jim croce so uh yeah viewer discretion is advised because i'm assuming you're watching your phone listener discretion whatever i'm not editing this this is just gonna go in straight don't even care Gonna go in straight. That's what she said. Gonna <laughs> say that's anyone gonna tee that one up? Okay. Uh, All right. Phrasing. All right. So, uh, T. Yes. You are up first, sir. We are talking about. We have three different, uh, different things that we were discussing. Sort of mini topic. Kind of mini topics. We're gonna we're gonna bat around a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of like with our first one. Probably not quite as long. Oh no. Which one did we say we're doing first? Uh, we are gonna do bold statements. Yes. So. What we're going to do here is each one of us is going to make a bold, perhaps outlandish, maybe controversial statement about music. But then we, we have to defend it. You can't just, you know, out of nowhere say that, um, you know, Elvis sucked and then just claim that you're done. <laughs> or so, like, you have to back up your claim with, with something. So we're each going to make a bold musical statement. And uh, I think I'm going to go first. All right. Drop and this one is going to rock you two right down to your foundations. Ooh. Oh, okay. Bold statement from TJ2. The most overrated rock band in the history of music is Guns N' Roses. Me, oh my. Mm, I don't, you know what? I'm not going to fight you on that. Uh, the well, only, the, because, because as a collective, there are bands that are better. As an individual, I'm putting the spotlight on one particular person. Look sure. at you, Flash, <laughs> as someone who excels and rightfully has his place in the pantheon of now, best guitarists ever. Now, now I'll say now. Let, let me. This this requires a little bit of deconstruction. First of all, I'm not saying that Guns N' Roses is not great because they 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 are were what whatever tense you want to use. Sure. Um, and I love. When Appetite for Destruction came out, it changed music. That changed me. Like you heard that, and that—that's just—it's one of the best hard rock albums ever. It's one of the best rock and roll albums ever, in my opinion. I mean, start to finish, they captured something that nobody else ever did. That—that—that that, that piece stands alone and is amazing. But yeah. what else is there? <laughs> because they're—they're they're elevated to the level of 
of Led Zeppelin and Van Halen and these people that have these huge, impressive catalogs. And okay, so you have Appetite for Destruction, which is an absolute freaking masterpiece that I love. Usually, yeah, well, then you had GNR Lives, which while I liked it, it was some songs that had already been released on an EP or something. And uh, some of them had a, the feel of being like demo tapes. And again, a couple of those are really good. Patience is on that, which is a great song. Yeah. But it's not a complete album. Okay. So then we get to Use Your Illusions. Hmm. That would have made one good record. It really would have. It made two okay ones, in my opinion. Fair. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff you could whittle off of those two and make one album and it would have been really good. It wouldn't have been as good as Appetite, but it would have been really, really good. I think what it pushes over the top for me is absolutely the the magnum opus, which is November Rain, which is sure. top right. hand, like the top 20 of my favorite songs of all time. I think we have actually pointed that out several but times over the, the get, of the show. Sure. Get in the ring when I was 16. <laughs> seemed incredibly cool. And that it's is the biggest biggest dopiest load of crap <laughs> civil war is not great the 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 remake of um live and let die i could have gone i could have never heard that and been a much better person for it see i like um, that i like that version estranged is great oh that is beautiful um, uh like i love estranged uh don't cry is really good don't cry is a great song uh garden of eden is really good I'm I'm going off the top of my head here, but there's 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 one really really good album spread out over two albums. There's there's some filler there, yeah, I would agree with it, that. It's like it's like uh, my uncle used to say about baseball. He said uh, a baseball game is five minutes of excitement jam packed into three hours. He's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong, and that that's pretty much how I feel about that. It's like yeah, there was a lot of. There was some dead weight there. And some of it's not even bad, but it was just kind of there. And it did not live up to what came before it, okay? So then we say, well, what's next? Well, the spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, this is where... Which was, which was just such a turd. Chinese um, Oh, yeah, that's, I knew that was coming up, yep. It, yeah. was, it, it was such a turd. It was, it was a turd on a ciabatta roll. So <laughs> I, I think here is actually... You can look at it two ways, and I'm wondering which one you agree. Was it the fact that they just caught lightning in a bottle with Appetite for Destruction? I mean, really, was that just the pinnacle and the best they had, and they came out of the gate with just such a blast that everything else after that was a disappointment? Partly. Or, or, did we, kind of along the lines of what you're saying, TJ, did we sort of unmask Guns N' Roses for what they really were. Well, I think, I, you know, the, the, some of the work that followed, it's not that it was bad. It just, it, it did not match up to, and it, and it could be either one of those, Will. Those are both good theories. It, it could be either. It's just that the stuff didn't match up, did not, did not come close to equaling what they, what they started off with. But then, Okay, so... I really didn't like the spaghetti incident. Then they did like a standalone remake of Sympathy for the Devil, which was heinous. Uh, for that, uh, was it an interview with the vampire? Is that what that was? Yeah, in? interview with the vampire soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then we waited like 20 years for Chinese democracy, which wasn't, first of all, wasn't even really Guns N' Roses. It was just kind of Axel uh, diddling for you know 15 years in the studio, and that's what it sounded like it was. Um, 
again, it wasn't horrible, but it just wasn't. There was, it didn't, there's not, there's not, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to name a song on it, off of it, to be honest with you. But and, also, you look at it as Appetite for Destruction, as we discussed, it is a perfect album. Yes. It's flawless. There is not one track you can remove. I mean, find one, pick one. Tell, tell no, me. You can't, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't. I'm yeah. start to finish. It's like Van Halen one. It's like Zeppelin four. It's like, it, it, it's, there's not one nanosecond of dead weight anywhere on there. And maybe, maybe we set our expectations so high because they, like you said, they came out of the gate so strong. It could be that. Um, and I know there's more to, to a band than just their recorded catalog, but then, okay, well then let's look at their live shows. Well, when they actually come off, <laughs> when they actually, when they, you know, when Axel feels like coming out and, and singing for you, um, they were, they were good and it was explosive and, but they, they were, they were very exciting. I mean, it was everything. It was the image. It was the videos. It was the, the music above, you know, above anything else. And to me that they're, they're elevated to the absolute highest level. And but I don't, I don't, I don't, I do not think they're peers of Led Zeppelin and, Metallica and Van Halen and, and people of that ilk. And along the lines of what you brought up, there were times when Axel and Slash couldn't be on the same side of the stage together <laughs> during right. a show. Yeah, and they you know, that helped you like, so much. If, yeah, if, if it was 1992 and the camera you snuck in had a flashbulb because, you know, Axel might drop kick you in the face from the stage. And the other side of it could be sort of the darker angle of they lost personnel. I mean, look who they lost. They lost Izzy Stradlin. They yep. lost... Um, Oh, who was the, the drummer? Um, Adler. Steve Adler, thank you. Yeah, they yeah. lost the Adler. So if you're thinking of the original sound, it was gone because they lost key pieces. And they brought in Matt Sorum. Okay, fine. You know, Gilby Clark. But, you know, you're not going to get back that level of what was captured in Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, and then they also, that, that first record was so lean it, yeah. and, so, and, and so driven and so aggressive. And and again, I don't fault musicians for for you know toying with different sounds. They don't want to make the same record over and over. But there are some some largesse in some of the things to come with the strings and the keyboards and the female background singers. Although Tracy and Roberta were really hot, um, yes, yes, they were, <laughs> and, and such as that. But but I mean, it it was Axel kind of indulging his love of Queen and. Uh, Elton John and people like that, and those influences are starting to come in more. And that's not that it's bad. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, no, none of us is going to sit here and say November rain sucks. <laughs> not I, don't think, I don't think. Nope. Uh, I, I, I don't want to have to hurt people. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. And I know LD's not. Will, that you, seems like you'd be best served to agree with us. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. But, um, but it's just, it, it was different. Mm, you know. Yeah. And some of, some of it was different good, and some of it was not so much. But, Anyway, it's I'm not I'm not peeing on them. I'm not saying they, that I didn't love them. That that isn't an all time great album. That they didn't have some good stuff after it. But they to me they're elevated to a level they don't quite belong in. Well, I think you given, have given their full body of work. Yeah, which I, which I, isn't I, a very big body of work, by the way. I think you really have people who like Appetite for Destruction, and then everybody else. I mean, that's what it comes right. down to. <laughs> sure. So uh, that there, uh, hopefully I uh, I defended my outlandish bold statement uh, well, and um, well I believe LD, you're going up next on this one. Yes, I am, and I'm probably going to lose a lot of people, and I'm so sorry, but this is the truth. Okay, 
And I actually had about three or four to pick from. So the next time we do Slap Nuts Good Time Hour, we can bring this back if you have others because I have a couple. Because I, I love alienating our entire audience. <laughs> right. Yep. If All you right. want to give us money. Uh, <laughs> winning, winning friends and influencing people with LD. <laughs> All right. When stacked up next to the 1970s and the 1990s, the 1980s as a decade, their music totally sucks. Hmm. Every- say what? Say what? Say what? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're saying across the board. Across the board, when you put up any song from the 1980s, there are songs that are far better from the 70s and the 90s. I can. I'll go. I'll go with you on the 70s part. Uh, the 90s were kind of a turd fire in a I'm lot of sorry, ways. But no. But then you had things like Alanis Morissette. You had things like the entire grunge movement, which took place with Nirvana and Pearl Jam. You had Sublime coming in in the 90s. You had some incredible artists, including Meatloaf, who came to come back. And you you also had uh, the entire genre of industrial, which was, in my opinion, better than the 1980s. And you also had soulless drivel made by computers. Yeah, but that's the same as the 70s and the 80s. But people who can't, no, no, it became way more prevalent, much more prevalent. But, but, but when that, it came to the were, 80s, tell me, tell me that you appreciate the queen of the 1980s more than you appreciate the queen of the 1970s. Who do you consider the queen of those? No, I'm saying queen. Queen, the as in Freddie. Oh, oh, queen, the band. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to. Uh, argue with you on the 70s part the 70s was better than the 80s yeah no doubt yeah but the the reason why i'm saying that is because in the 1980s it made a turn from storytelling and like in general having a point to their music and just created soulless synth pop and that's where the soulless synth pop came from was the 1980s well, but, but but at least it was people really singing it they were doing that in the Fair, 90s yeah. too. I mean, I'm no, but no, that's when you started to get all the you started to get all the pitch correction and the voice alterations and 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 bands that didn't even exist because they couldn't play their instruments. I mean, like li- li- literally, it was you're getting computerized nonsense. <laughs> at, at least in the at least in the 80s, people people sucked with some <laughs> with some integrity. <laughs> so you agree that they at least suck. I'm just a saying. lot of it did, but I mean, did 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 Michael Jackson suck in the eighties? No, but also he didn't suck in the nineties either. Did, and he didn't did, suck not, in the seventies. Well, eh, no, it, it eh, come on. It got it, it got worse <laughs> in the uh, it got worse in the aughts. It really did get worse in the aughts. And but but I mean, I I can throw out eighties was the heyday of heavy metal. That was the birth of rap. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I'm and I mean the good I mean like the good stuff before it it got all you know but as a but no, corporate but, but as and, holding up holding up to a entire decade, the seventies were way stronger than the eighties. Oh, the seven the seventies certainly were. I, yeah, I'm not going to make that argument. I'm saying the eighties were better than the nineties though. And that's totally fine. At least you half agree with me. But I well, I, I, no, I have to agree with you. But I mean, that's the heyday of metal. That was the birth of rap. That was now you started to get a lot of you know absolutely soulless butt cheese uh corporate drivel and emotion uh, <laughs> sure and and some good bands doing 
you know, what that what was called corporate rock, but it was just like really slick, overproduced. Um, I don't even know. I, I wouldn't even call it rock. I don't even know what to call it. So wait, wait, wait. I want to get Will to weigh in on this. Well, I think it's exactly. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say exactly. I think it's a sort of parallel to what you're saying, TJ. If you look at what was going on in both those periods economically, 70s was a bit of a recession. You had, you know, people watching their money was a little more shaky, gas crisis, all that stuff. 90s, a little bit of trepidation as well. 80s was boom. So to your point, you had the big record companies who were churning things out because they had the money and cocaine to fuel them. <laughs> so uh, the results, I think, are unarguably a sign of the times. The 80s were sure. excess. The 80s were, again, big money, big contracts, gaudy uh, you know, spending thousands of dollars to put a phone the size of a cinder block in your car, you know, and that's was reflected in the music. Now, on the other side of it, I think you had a strong counterculture movement, you know, personified by rap and, and metal mostly, I would say. I mean, the Beastie Boys came out of the 80s, which mm -hmm. were kind of a fusion of the two, if you think about right. it. Um, but you largely had pop and you had mass consumed pop. That's really what the 80s were strong. It became it became more of a product and less of, yes. of art. Yes, so, exactly. If, part. If, sure. I've, if I've got to put it into food, uh, the 1970s were meat and potatoes, and the 1980s was cocaine and bubblegum. <laughs> Tell me which is better for your soul. No, I, I think I think you have two on the 70s and 90s, a mom and pop coffee shop. In the 80s, you have Starbucks. That's really yeah. what it was. Yeah. And I think I, I like the I like the '90s music because it went back to like grunge was telling stories, mm -hmm. you know. And then you did have that sometimes with like the Boontown Rats and 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 stuff like that. So in the '80s, yes, you did have like an element coming from particular artists, but as a whole, it was it kind of vapid. And also, so, see, but really, but really, all grunge was was heavy metal. And it was a response to there. There were you, Will. You touched on something. It was it, it was a very good point. You had a lot of excess. So you have heavy metal. You have Metallica. You had Anthrax. You had uh, Megadeth. You had then uh, you had you know hard rock. You had Van Halen. Four, you yep. had and, and Def Leppard and Bon Jovi and people like that. But all of those are really good bands. But then then you started to get the cheesy, more corporate. It's all about image it's more of a product than an art hair bands later in the <laughs> yeah, decade yeah. and grunge was a response to that and you know kurt cobain uh, kurt cobain murdered them <laughs> essentially yeah. he, I mean, he killed them but yeah. really all that was 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 a correction back to what that what that form of music should have been all along that was just that was just you know telling kip winger he needed to go home yeah. <laughs> yeah, pack it up, kid. It's time. Yeah. All right. Uh, so and, and, and again, kind of resetting things to what they should have been. So to me, that was really just a rebirth of the metal that started, although, uh, to be honest, it really started in the 70s. Um, right. But again, and, then it, it, and then it kind of came to America okay. in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we have, we always talk about that British ping pong that happens. Mm -hmm. so you, had, you had something in the 70s that, that rolled over into the early 80s. And then you had that movement going out from the 80s to the 90s, which was, you know, that's where the birth was. So it for me, those two bookends of the decades kind of trumps the 80s as a whole. And I'm talking about like the soulless synth pop 
oh Mickey, you're so fine, all that, you know, come on well, out. See, I don't I don't um I'm not gonna uh, throw uh, Tony Basil under the bus there because uh, I mean that's just a question. That's a song like that just is what it is. It's much more offensive when you have like Jefferson Airplane who did White Rabbit and <laughs> somebody to love doing um what's that what's that shitty song? Don't you say it? Don't you do we it? Built this city on rock and yes, Thank you. But how, you go from the how dare band you? Did White Rabbit to how dare you that that's the indict that's the indictment you can offer of the 80s is that a band that was edgy and cool was doing the traffic report in the middle of we built this city on rock and roll which was used in what three men and a little lady or three men and a baby three men and a baby three men and a baby was, I think that the was city. Yeah, that, yeah well they also had a song in mannequin as you'll recall yes they yes, did yes they did standing forever and it's like they're here it's it's amazing <laughs> and that's grace is that you that's that is the sound of a thousand people just turning their podcast unsubscribe unsubscribe <laughs> unsubscribe <laughs> all right so that that was my that was my bold <sighs> statement which please do not yell at me you can yell at Travis. Yes, just yell at me. Yeah. I'll welcome it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, I hate to interrupt us, but we do need to take a short sponsor break. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. And we're back. All right, let's get back to the Slap Nuts birthday hour. <laughs> All right. So All right, Will, you're on the buddy. I think it's my turn to get yelled at. Right. Uh, I've given this some thought, and this spawned TJ out of conversations we have over who are the greatest guitar players of all time. Oh, dear. I am going to remove one forever from my pantheon. Ooh. Oh. And that guitar player Please let me be Clapton. is Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton sucks. Oh! Eric Clapton sucks. Oh! Eric Clapton does not belong in the pantheon of greatest guitar players. Oh he, involves, my Lord. He, he belongs in a pantheon of some of the luckiest mofos in the music business, and I'm going to tell you why. Eric Clapton. Right, okay, I'm sorry. This was the make a bold musical pronouncement segment, not the smoke a giant crack rock segment. <laughs> <laughs> so. What in the hell is wrong with you people? Okay, here we go. So we look back over Clapton's long career. Most of his best songs are covers. Just ask J.J. Kale, okay? Most of the songs that he has done that are notable have brought in other artists. Let's take Cream, for example. He was surrounded by Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker. It could have been me, and I would have succeeded. He is an average vocalist at best. But really where he falls off, in my opinion, is the three-legged stool on which you can place any guitar player belonging in a pantheon. So let's just do an example here. TJ, 
Name a great guitar player. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. I believe every guitar player. Do should... I not get to say? Oh, yours? please, LD, go ahead. Brian May. Well, he's my favorite. Slash. He's another good one. The reason why Clapton does not belong is because he fails to meet the three criteria. I believe every guitar player should be evaluated on the following. One, technique. How proficient are you with your instrument? Two, innovation. Are you doing things that nobody else is doing? And three, versatility. Can you play out of genre? Can you work into different sort of niches? Can you meet the needs of your band at the time? Now, that's why Brian May is my favorite of all time, because he meets all three. Check the boxes. Clapton was a blues guitar player who largely borrowed songs from blues artists. Yes, he did the unplug thing, but Stevie Ray Vaughan did it and did it better, in my opinion. I may offer up, may I offer up yeah. 33 seconds of audio. Okay. Just to just to give Will a little bit of backing, okay? This is a song called This Has Got to Stop. Time's gotta stop, enough is enough I can't take this BS any longer It's gone far enough You wanna claim my soul You'll have to come and break down this door I knew that something was going on wrong When you started laying down the law I can't move my hands Okay, yeah his vocals are horrible on okay, that. That's not, yes, that's not good. But he's, but he's, he's, he's also in his 70s at this point. But, but even at his peak, he was an average vocalist. He really wasn't spectacular. Well, uh, yeah, but that's but you're judging him as a guitar player here, though, not a vocalist. Okay, yeah, so right? take, take vocals well, off. Family. Also, also okay. the greatest song that he ever did, and anyone can, be, I, I welcome them to actually come and find me, and we will have a physical <laughs> altercation. Layla is the best song yes but who now now what makes that song incredible is the piano at the end i was gonna say the guitar work by dwayne allman but uh, well dwayne allman yeah. actually <laughs> yeah. pretty heavily but, 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 yeah. but like the, the when it goes into the piano riffs at the end of layla that's really what hits it for me that's what slaps it for me now in eric clapton's defense i will say tears in heaven is a beautiful song sure however there are other people that have released music and songs. Donna Lewis has re released a beautiful, you know, past tense song. Yeah. Like someone has passed and it's beautiful. She's not in the pantheon of great vocalists, great artists, great musicians. But I'm just saying like out there, there are some beautiful songs about people passing. And it's truly as heartfelt what he did. However, he's an ass. <laughs> Well, uh, no, behavior, behavior notwithstanding, my argument is this. If you look at those great guitar players, Hendrix, May, Van Halen, Vaughn, I mean, heck, we've talked TJ at length about how Alex Lifeson got snubbed every time. We're talking immense versatility, game changers, adapted to different genres. Clapton's just not there. That's my argument. Is he bad? No, he can play his instrument. He's not on that level. And that's my argument. Oh, uh, see. First of all, there are people who are uh, great electric guitar players, but you put an acoustic in their hands and they turn to crap, and Clapton doesn't. Uh, he's equally proficient at both. I've seen him in concert. It was a soul-thrilling exercise, uh, and he didn't even play any of his hits. It was that nothing-but-the-blues tour he did 
in about 95 mm-hmm. where he just put out that from the cradle album yeah. and when he played he hit the solo for five long years it it was i wanted i didn't know whether to crap or go blind so i just like <laughs> closed one eye and farted it, you know it's <laughs> it it was it it it, it <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> it, 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 That's our show, everybody. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> LD is done tickled. Well, I guess I did the tickling in that case. You did. Um, you tickled me. I'm sorry. He plays with he plays with an immense amount of soul. I think he's more than proficient. He you know, he he stays in his lane. He, he's a blues guy, blues and uh, blues and blues flavored rock. But go back and listen to current to to cream, which which by the way was. Eddie Van Halen's only influence, the mm-hmm. only musical influence he had on the guitar anyway, was Cream Eric Clapton. And Eddie Eddie put him in the upper pantheon. And I think, you know, Billy Gibbons has and Stevie Ray Vaughan did and Jimi Hendrix did. So I mean I I I, 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 I I politely did you you made you made some points that are cogent and I won't argue with. I disagree. <laughs> I do think he is top tier. Even when asked what it felt like to be "quote unquote" the greatest guitarist of all time, Eric Clapton said, "I don't know. Ask Prince." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he also he said that about a lot of people. He knew his place. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, he was being he was being humble. He said that about um, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jeff Beck and Prince and George and, Harrison and yeah. So before, <laughs> before it, uh, we figure out how to kill each other through a computer, let's move yeah. on to something <laughs> way more fun. Probably less controversial till we get into the ones. Brent's not the best guitar player from Minnesota, much less the best one in the world. <laughs> get the hell out of here! Oh, oh, oh. No, yeah, come at, come at, come at me. <laughs> See, but I've always said like he's not in my wheelhouse, but I respect the hell out of Prince. Well, no, no, but but what I would what I would say about Prince before we move on real quick, he's not the best guitar player in the world. But he was he was a really good good guitar player, Isn't and he was also a really good bass player and a good drummer and a good keyboard player and a good singer and songwriter and he was very prolific and he put on an amazing stage show you can make a really good argument he's one of the two or three best artists ever sure yeah. but but not people elevate to me people overstate the guitar um acumen not that he was based very he was a very good guitar player he wasn't he was not an upper upper tier to me okay i mean that's fair upper tier to okay. you fair and that's and that's the thing the opinions that have been put forth by the hosts of Rock and Roll. Are right. We are right all the time. Damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm so, so sorry. So let's move on to something a little bit more chipper, shall we, kids? Uh, sure. P, you want to lay this out for us? And uh, okay. I will actually I will actually go first. Okay, which one are we doing uh, first? We are going to do our favorite yep. one-hit wonders from the decade. Oh, okay, all right, so... Uh, I'm not sure what inspired uh, LD and Will came up with this one. I don't know what inspired this one, uh, other than the sad passage of time that our aged friend LD um, <laughs> is looking back on now. But um, no, but but, on the 25th of September, it was One Hit Wonder Day. I, it, and it was One Hit Wonder Day, but but they took it beyond that and said, "Hey, why don't we go back and kick out like our favorite One Hit Wonder from every decade, starting." You know, did one from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the alts. Uh, and it's a really good idea that kind of spreads it out, gives you a, gives you a wide variety uh, in terms of time frame and everything. And uh, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you, because of the hellish day 
that uh, I mentioned, I didn't get to do a ton of research. So most of mine are off the top of my head. I, I made about two Google searches just to <laughs> to confirm that the couple of them came out when I thought they did and they did. But um, uh, this should be interesting. So LD, do you want to start in the 60s and come forward or start current and go back? I do. And if anybody wants to call an audible, because I'm not going to audible myself. So if anybody wants to call an audible, let me know. Okay? One per decade, right? One per, one per decade. Okay. Uh, we are only going to, if we play a song, it will only be one song per person. So three songs total. Okay. okay. So my 1960s is going to come as a little bit of a shock to you guys because of her notoriety. She is going to be somebody that we cover on the podcast because she has sadly passed. Mm. But did you guys know that Dream a Little Dream from Mama Cass Ooh. was a one-hit wonder? No. Because, because it was a solo. That it was, was not, right. It was not with the mamas and the papas. So therefore, Mama Cass is a one-hit wonder. Well, that, that's very much like if you Google one-hit wonders, you'll see on the list, and Wilson and Mike Reno, Almost Paradise. Now, yeah. technically, yes, the duet of Ann Wilson and Mike Reno only had that one hit. They both had a lot. Yeah, on their own, sure. Yeah. On their own. But and yes, that, that, but that, it's kind of, so it's, it, there's kind of an asterisk that comes with that one. But yes, she, she technically, Mama Cass is a one hit wonder. Yep. All right. My and, that's a very pre, and that's a very pretty song. It is a beautiful song. All right. The 1970s. I picked. Black Betty by Ram Jam. <laughs> I actually jotted uh, three down, and that was one of them. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. <laughs> if you um, can read my handwriting, I would take a picture of it and send it to you to prove it. Yes, I promise you it's there. All right. For my 1980s, I chose Taco, putting on the wrist. <laughs> With that video. Dressed up like a million dollar Um, all right. Tonight, Murray Head for the full hour. <laughs> all right. Now, okay, now, let's see, I want to know a, a, a difference, though. Your first two were truly great, like, truly really good songs. Put on the Ritz by Taco has a bit of a novelty feel to it. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of one hit wonders that have that vibe because the songs are a little kitschy. They have a slightly novelty feel. They're a little humorous. They're kind of throwback songs, kind of like that one was. That's what one hit wonders normally are. It usually isn't a mama Cass who was a great artist who just happened to have that one hit song. You know what I mean? Like normally one hit wonder artists. I, I want to say perhaps lack a tad bit of heft maybe correct like like you can listen to them and go yeah that's that's probably their one yeah that makes sense you hear, yeah. you hear a three little pig song by green jelly you go yeah that's, that's pretty much that's, that's <laughs> <one."> <laughs> got tracks yeah. yeah yeah actually i chose i chose tacos putting on the ritz for a couple reasons number one i am an absolute sucker <laughs> for a tap break <laughs> so if somebody's like you know, in the middle of a musical and all of a sudden, like, they break out and tap, like, either in, like, oh, doozies or anything goes, you know, any of that. Sutton Foster. Like, yeah, yeah, anything. Literally, you just show me a picture of Sutton Foster. I'll be like, yee! Um, putting on the Ritz has that little, like, tap break. 
but they also featured that song in one of the greatest openings of a reality TV show of all time, which was, I think it was like season six-ish of So You Think You Can Dance, and it was incredible. Mm. It was phenomenal. So, and of course, it was featured in Young Frankenstein. So They're both both dead. It's, It's so sad. But that's why I actually chose it because it it is a performance piece. It's like a jazzy piece. It's fun. It's the same reason why people like Oh Yeah by was it Mellow? Yellow, right? Yellow. Yeah, Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. Yellow. Like that's so dumb, but so much fun. And you you hearken back to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. When you I, I was going to say off. most people don't even know the name of the band or the song. And, and who? It's the it's the oh yeah thing from uh, oh, yeah. and who in the hell wrote those lyrics? Beautiful. The, the moon, moon is beautiful. Is beautiful. Is beautiful. I know it's so beautiful. beautiful. Even and then and then the next lyric is ah <laughs> uh, the eighties. <laughs> All right, this is where you know what? It's my birthday. I'm gonna I'm gonna use this. I'm calling it audible on myself. Okay. Because I adore, this is the, one of literally my top five songs of all time. Okay. Uh, it is Len and Steal My Sunshine. <laughs> yes. Uh, so. <laughs> I guess we're going with it. And. And scene. And here's your three minutes and 30, 47 seconds of torture for all of you. <laughs>
might be like i've heard this song before you are correct we actually played it on the songs that have darker meanings than you think episode uh when we had tj 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 original tj well tj one tj one tj uno now i will have to say that the 90s presented a major one-hit wonder quandary for me because i also absolutely love hansen's umbop and right. I love LFOs every other time. Was Hanson a one-hit wonder? Uh, was a one-hit wonder. We to, okay, so th- th- we actually need to mention something. Yes. We actually did an episode late last year on the fact that there are lots of people who are considered one-hit wonders who actually aren't. Mm. And I, being a former DJ, am kind of a hard-ass about, about whether or not somebody's a one-hit wonder. Like, you'll, somebody will say, aha, and I'll say, no. They had a second song. <laughs> charted all the way up to number 20 and it wasn't memorable and it sucks but that doesn't mean it wasn't a hit okay that's that's me normally they, they did because, a home scene because because it because this is uh ld's birthday and we're just having fun i'm going to suspend that i'm going to be lenient in this episode <laughs> so i'm not going to wrap knuckles and i'm not going to correct anybody if somebody had one other obscure hit that got to number 39 because <laughs> normally enough. i would all right, so for now, I've got two more because I did the 2000s and then the 2010s. So Ooh. now, the next one I know has got it, the beginning of it slaps. You cannot deny that the intro to Heaven by Los Lonely Boys is not an incredible guitar intro. It's just how far such a good song. Yeah, how what, far? What, far? What, uh, what year is that? Uh, 2002, 2003. Oh, wow. I, think, I, th- I thought it was a little later than that. but Yeah, it's got some incredible guitar work in it. And and his vocals are really good. So that was my... Uh, and then my, my 2010s goes to L. King with X's and O's. Is that Rob Schneider's daughter? It is Rob Schneider's daughter. <laughs> so if you... if uh, if you're a fan of Rob Schneider, which I know you were because you literally had a t-shirt that said, Rick, making copies, 
with uh, Rob Schneider's face on it. In, indeed, I did. It's his daughter. His daughter is like a uh, kind of like a trailer park junkie, dirty vocals, like smoke tw- 20 packs of cigarettes a day. Kind I've, of seen a, I've seen a picture of those. She's really pretty. I wouldn't have thought she, that that was Schneider's. <laughs> she's gorgeous. Now, yeah, I'm, she now, now, just for the for for T's sake, I'm just going to play a little bit. I don't know if you've ever heard the song, T, called X's and O's. So I'm not going to play the whole song like we normally do. But I just want to hear uh, I just want you to hear this song. So that's that was X's nose. Okay, first of all, I have heard that, and vocally, she kind of sounds like Amy Winehouse. Yes, yes, and you know, it's really interesting too. If you listen to that guitar riff in the beginning, it sounds a little bit like Rob Zombie. It can't, yeah, a little bit. So that was my list of one hit wonders that I absolutely love. Very nice, they slap. All right, so uh, Will, would you like to go? I will go. So I will say that I will try not to be a complete fanboy on this one. There's going to be some that will not surprise anybody. When it comes to the 1960s, I had to give, I had to cave though, because there is a one hit wonder TJ that you pointed out, which we pointed out is criminal. And that is of course, Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower. It is a one hit yep, wonder. Yep. Yep. It, it, yeah, he, he's one of those that, Again, he technically, yeah, technically, he is a one-hit wonder. Yes. Obviously, he was not writing singles for the radio. I mean, Jimmy right. was on his own plane doing his own completely own thing. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, if you you can go back and look, I think Skinner only actually had like two top forty hits, and Led Zeppelin only had like a handful. But that that's they, that's not what they were going for. It was album oriented and and stuff. But yeah, that's that's I'm, I'm an all, absolute all time classic. And how you take a classic that Bob Dylan wrote and basically redo it to the point that he thinks, well, mine sucked. I can't do that. Mine sucked. I can't do it that anyway anymore. Again, it's like okay, he's so, here. So a couple couple <laughs> things. I think Bob Dylan is now going back on tour. Really? And the other thing is, the, the other person that I feel like goes into that, oh my gosh, you guys made a better song than me. It's now yours, goes uh, from Bruce Springsteen to Manford Man's Earth Man's Blind Our federally mandated Manford Man's Earth Band reference of the podcast. 
has been satisfied. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And just so you guys know, that was not planned. I did that. But we had to do it. By myself. We had to do it. I did it. that on my own, independent they, of all. They, they found us. Yeah, they did. <laughs> the jig is up. <laughs> So that covers my 1960s. Moving on to the 70s, I will say this is the decade that surprised me the most. There were so many to choose from in the 70s, but I'm going with one that's a little offbeat, but you can't hear the vocals of Paul Rogers and just sit idly by because All Right Now by Free is a freaking awesome song. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That song just rocks in yeah. every way possible. And it's a one-hit what one. A, yeah. And what an absolute powerhouse vocalist Rogers was. Man. Yeah. And again, free, yeah, one-hit wonder. Rogers, all-star, across the board. Yep. Probably well, yeah, because he's the firm and bad company and on and on. But can we agree, one of the best voices in rock, Paul yeah. Rogers? Well, oh, a- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, unquestionably. Uh, yeah, one of I mean, I think you know where my true heart lies. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying the best. I'm saying one of the best. But how how odd that he was briefly the lead singer for that band. I know. Interestingly enough. Ah. Yes. Which which is weird because those voices don't pair up at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Coming like to Freddie, because Paul Paul Rogers and Freddie Mercury's voices are not are not two peas in a pod. No, no. far from. No. You know what? Those <laughs> but it, odd, it, it oddly worked. It did oddly work, I will say. Yeah. So we take it over to the 1980s, and I'm going to fanboy again. Another band that was a one-hit wonder. They only cracked the top 41 time. Talking about our friends from the Great White North, Rush, Signals, 1982. TJ, you know it. New World Man. Oh, yeah. A one-hit wonder. But no, they, been... they had lots of hits on the rock charts, but as far oh, yeah. as the top 40 pop chart, right, they, they, they were then, another band that... I felt like I needed to, with my like controversial statement, like not say anything like, oh, Rush sucks. Oh, I hate Phil Collins because that's a broken record, you guys. <laughs> like you've heard me say that. So many like, I respect Rush. Their music sucks. <laughs> I'm you sorry. don't like it. Tom Sawyer is terrible. It's that whiny vocal. What? I can't, I can't now, do it. And I believe, TJ, you said Signals was your favorite album of theirs from the 80s, right? I uh, think so. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, Presto is. Presto is a great album. Absolutely. Yeah, Presto is my favorite from the from the eighties. I, I would say, yeah. So again, an unconventional nineteen eighties one hit wonder, but a one hit wonder nonetheless. We come to the nineties, and I had to fall back on great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Now, forget Joseph Campbell. These lyrics deliver <laughs> every sorry. time. Wait, 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 wait! To even get what he <laughs> just said, you have to understand what the hero's journey is. Yes. So let me clue you guys in because I don't know if all of you have studied film like me and will have joseph campbell created basically the entire idea of a story arc the hero's journey beginning to end if you watch star wars that is the perfect encapsulation of the hero's journey and also uh lord of the rings as well there are some great films that use it and it's there are points that you have to hit along the way to make the story work so it's like here's the real world. This is the world that we live in. Then you get the call to action and then you meet your mentor and then you have to fight the dragon and da, da, da. And like, there are points where a good, if you have a good story, they hit every single point. And he has written books and book. I think he's got three books that he wrote, that he wrote about story idea. So 
that's who Joseph Campbell is. You can't just like make a statement like that and not explain it to people. I think people will go with me. <laughs> the point is, these opening lyrics tell you everything you need to know. Can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. <laughs> they snuck in at the end of the 90s. I'm talking about lit with my own worst enemy. I love that song. Fair. Fair I enough. love it. Fair enough. And then we jump to the 2000s. Again, I'm going to fanboy a bit here. I got to go with a representative from my home state. He has left the party, sadly. We covered him on this podcast. But Fountains of Wayne, I got to go with Stacy's mom. It's a one-hit wonder, it's but a, what a wonder it is. Yeah. Oh, that video was very wondrous. Yes, quite, quite wondrous. You know what? I almost went with that thing you do as one of my favorites from the 90s. Count, yeah. It would count. By Adam Schlesinger. By Adam Schlesinger. So we almost had two Adam Schlesinger songs. We did, yeah. So that's my list, folks. All right. One Hit Wonders. T, what have you got on your list, sir? All right. Well, here I go. I'll start with the 1960s. Um, this is a song that uh, LD and I would have heard a lot growing up because this fit in the wheelhouse with what our mom let us listen to. I'm going to go with Bruce Chanel's Hey Baby. Oh, oh wow. Good. Wow. Good, good. Yes, good. Um, first of all, first of all, it's a very good song. It's a sing-along song, feel good. It's great. I was also forced march through Shag Lessons, and that's a song that people in South Carolina shag to. And just for people who are, who are from South Carolina and don't understand what I'm saying or, or are misinterpreting it, I don't mean they paired us off and had us drop our britches. Shagging <laughs> is a dance. It is actually our, our state, state dance. dance yeah. It is our official state dance. We actually have and a movie was, called Shag, which is about the state dance. <laughs> and I, I was forced, uh, forced march through Shag Lessons when I was about 15 or 16 years old, and that's a song that you can shag to. But um, because every episode has one, can I offer you a fun fact? Fun fact! Fun fact! Playing the harmonica on Bruce Chanel's Hey Baby is Delbert McClinton. No! Are you serious? Really? That is Delbert McClinton. How old Proud. was he? Yeah. Uh, he was a kid. I was going to say, I mean, I mean Del oh, Delbert, Delbert's about 80 now. Oh, wow. Right, but still, it, I mean. Uh, but it's a great song, well sung. It's just a happy, feel-good song. And I, I, it, he is an, an oddity, um, Bruce Chanel was. That song hit number one and stayed there for three weeks, and he never had another top 40 hit. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. So he had a few other songs that charted, but like the highest one got to the to the fifties, I think. So yeah, but he he had one big blockbuster hit, but that was that that was his one. Seventies was hard because there's so many yeah. good ones. I actually did write down Black Betty by Ram Jam, but nice. I already took that one. So <laughs> I'm um, I'm going to uh, go instead with stuck in the middle with you by Steelers wheel good choice all right good choice that you was know, on my that's, list. that's forever etched in my brain because of reservoir dogs yep right it's a it's a it's an undeniably great song and i don't know if everybody realizes this so i guess it qualifies as another fun fact fun fact, fun fact. do you know who the lead singer of Steelers wheel was no oh i, I should oh God. jerry rafferty yes rafferty Huh. That, that who then had the big hit with Baker Street. Oh man! You guys are like you guys are. You guys are still rewriting your Tom Petty playlist. Yes. I'm still like in my head writing this list <laughs> that I've already been through because I'm like 
I hear that and I'm like, dude, Mark Cohn, Mark Cohen, he was Mark Cohen was a one hit wonder. And yes, I he was walking in Memphis. That oh, was what a fantastic song that was! Great song, so beautiful, absolutely. And then, um, and then you've got other stuff like the thing is, we couldn't actually. I was going to choose a Manfred Mann song just to like make our quota, but actually, they they are not a one hit wonder. No, they're not no. because they had Doo Diddy in yes, the sixties. Yeah. yeah, they have. So I couldn't choose Man for Man, but they were they were in my brain. They always are in my brain. And I, I think the um, free in my head. I think the key the key to this song is the cowbell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I, I, I mean that's I mean, tell, tell me that you when you're if you're you're driving and that song's on that you aren't playing the cowbell. Yeah, oh, I totally. Yeah, am. we are. Absolutely, we did that um, yesterday. 1980s was hard. Um, I think I know where you're going. And they're well. No, these are both uh, obscure, not super obscure, but and they they were very late in the decade. Animotion. Um, the first one, no, it's not Animotion. <laughs> it's the one that I actually uh, posted a link to on Facebook. No, no myth by Michael Penn. That's uh, yeah, yeah. yep, yep. Uh, Michael Penn, for those who don't know, is Sean's brother. Um, he's married to Amy Mann. He's who, on, he's also who could who could have qualified. Boy. <laughs> who could have qualified for an 80s one-hit wonder. But yeah. he, he is also he's also Chris's brother who was in Footloose. And, and passed away. Yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Uh but this song came out late in 1989 and from the minute I heard it I loved it. He originally called it Romeo in Black Jeans actually. Yeah. Uh, because that is a line in the song but then it was ended up being changed to No Myth but it's just it's 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 a fun little rock song that LD had to explain the video for <laughs> to me last night. Um, because I've never known what in God's name is happening in that video. As much as I, I I mean, I love, love this song. But I have I'm I've seen the video a thousand times. I have no idea what's going on there. Like when it's it was, raining Parmesan cheese on them at the end. And <laughs> the, the creepy the creepy guy looking up the old lady's skirt and all that stuff. That's it's weird. Well, I just told you it starts it starts at the top and it works its way down. So it's, <laughs> but why is she sprinkling Parmesan cheese on Michael Penn at the end? Well, who doesn't want yeah. my I, I want Parmesan cheese sprinkled on me at all times. I thought of one other that it, that's really obscure and very forgotten. Do y'all remember Sadness Part One by Enigma? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sadness that had the Gregorian chants. Yeah. That was a that was a baby making song, wasn't it? Yeah, somebody told me that. Oh, yeah, it's a panty dropper. Yeah. Um, somebody told me that if you if you actually interpret all the lyrics, it's kind of dirty. That doesn't surprise me. Nope, that um, doesn't shock me. But speaking of panty droppers, I thought of one more that came out in '89. Oh, that is a yep. PD. That is PD or Maximus. Yes, I know where you're going with this. Oh dear. Talk it over by Grayson Hugh. No, that is not. That is not what I. Wow, I was going somewhere completely different. I think that's '90s, actually. Never mind. I think I think that one came out in '89. It may be '90, but that that's one of those songs that sounds so innocent and it's and and so sweet. But if you listen to the words, he's like, what he's really saying is, "Hey, look, I know we had a fight and everything, but uh, let's just bump uglies and maybe things will be better that way." Now, now, see, the thing is, you know, you you sent me the the list of possibilities, and you were like, "Hey, why don't you talk about the songs that were." number one on your birthday i try to separate myself from the song that was number one on my yeah. birthday because it's my sharona and it's gross and it's creepy <laughs> i had to i had to text i don't know if you know this i had to text 
PJ two last night. And I'm like, he's, he, I said, I don't really want to talk about my Sharona. It's gross. And he was like, <laughs> it's gross. And I just texted him the lyrics and I just got this long pause. And he was like, so let's talk about our crushes. <laughs> to, to, quote, yeah. to quote the late Norm McDonald, maybe you'll feel better after we have some dirty sex. Yeah. <laughs> dirty, dirty. <laughs> but yeah, great. Uh, <clears throat> the um, Grace and Hugh uh, talk it over. That is. Oh, that's a good one. If, if somebody needed to, needed to explain to them what a PD is, that's probably the song that I would play for them. Really? Because who else can make something such a, a sweet and sexy song of just a just sweet, lovely song that he's really saying to his girlfriend, Hey, look, I know I was kind of a jackass. We had a big fight, but let's just have sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, the 1990s, you know, Will, you talked about the an opening line to the song and you compared it to literature and filmmakers and stuff. Well, I have one that I would also like to share that Please. I think encapsulates uh, pretty much if you get right down to it, my personal freedom, my feeling about the world around me. I like big butts, and hey, I wow. cannot lie. You other no. brothers can't deny. When a girl walks by with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Yes, makes a lot. Absolutely. Um, that's not really the one I was going to pick, but I just, how could, how could we not, how could we let this go by without mentioning that song? Yeah, I feel like we'd be brought up on charges if we didn't. I'm going to throw a really weird one at you from the 90s. This is a guy who was a country one-hit wonder. I'm going to throw out Lipstick Promises by George Dukas. Whoa! Whoa, whoa, hello, left field. <laughs> um, so, now, I'm being a, a hypocritical jackass and offering this selection because I have sat on this podcast and railed against the evils of pop country. And this 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 song is a very pop. It doesn't even sound like a country song, but George Dukas is very is very country. And this is when radio was starting to turn toward playing the more, you know, ear pleasing, um, pop flavored stuff. So when the his follow up songs came out, which were really country songs, they wouldn't play them. So this was his only hit. But what makes it a really great country song is the lyrics. If you're a dude who's ever had your soul diddled by a mean, mean woman. <laughs> this yeah. song is, he's, George is singing for you, brother, on yeah. this song. Preaching if, the choir. It, if you've ever had one of those horrific ones where, like in the, the Indiana Jones movie, where the guy rips your still beating heart out and shows it to you <laughs> before plunging your body into a cauldron of fire. Pretty much. That, that sounds or a girl did that to you. That's what this song is. That yeah. he's, you know, George is singing to you. It's, it's a really, really pretty it sounds pretty, but it's it's a very painful song. It is, yeah. Um, so I, I thought I'd throw that and and just uh, one honorable mention: "Stay" by Shakespeare's Sister. Oh, wow! Fair, fair. Um, the alts, I uh, struggled because I didn't listen to new music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went with um, I think I, I think I've got two uh, for the alts. Uh, Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet? Good That's one. That's a good song. Good one. Good song, yes. And then I don't know if this one was also early alts or if this got into the alt-teens, because that's where I'm really struggling. Uh, when did Crazy by Norris Barkley come out? That was the alts. That was the alts. That was the alts. That was like uh, Okay, then I'm going to have to go with my fallback. Literally, while Ildi was talking a minute ago, I Googled one-hit wonders of the 2010s, because I literally don't know any. I'm going to go with... Uh, 
Teach Me How to Dougie by the Cali Swag. <laughs> Because it was the first thing that came up. Throw right, that dart at the board. So uh, I am going to actually call an audible because nobody put this song on their list, but I always feel like this is one of my favorite songs. And again, you guys know what day it is. So because they are a one-hit wonder. We are powerless to stop it. Is that what you're you saying? You cannot stop me at this point because I am I am God. I am God. And God plays this song. I am going to play The Darkness.
right, boys. Thank you so much for indulging me. That was the darkness with a thing called love. And all right. probably one of my favorite one hit wonders of all time. Um, par, you know, like not given any decade, it would have been probably in my like top 10 of all time. Oh, wow. But yeah, love that song. Love it. <laughs> um, so now we're going to move on to one hit wonders that we dislike oh. or out, out hate. Yeah. So, yeah, this one was a little harder for me, like I said, because um, a lot of times one hit wonders, they're a little kitschy, they're fun, they're novelty ish. Um, and th there's not a lot about them to hate. They might be kind of vapid, but you, you don't despise them. So that this was actually a little hard for me to put together, but. Well, you said that this was easy. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way and say that when I made this list, I was like, hate that, hate that, hate that. Yeah, I was like, why didn't I give us 100? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so am I going first? Sure. Your All right, there. so I'm going to actually go sort of in ranking order, okay? My fifth song that I despise is Gautier's Somebody <laughs> That I Used To Know. Yeah. God, that one is painful. God, I hate that song oh, so much. The video with the paint. The video. No, well, you know what though? That's impressive because that was no, hand painted it on. It doesn't save the song. It doesn't save the song. The music video does not save the song. Now the video is incredible because if you've never seen the video, it's it's Gautier and the the girl who's doing the vocals with Gautier. him. Honey, let me talk. No beer. Mm. I'll take the beer away. Um, the that every. It took hours and hours and hours and hours to hand paint every block that was on them. And it was so impressive. The, the, the whole song just sucks out loud. Then followed by a song that I will still sing to, but I really despise it, which is Funky Town by <laughs> Lip Sync. Wow. I hate that song oh so, so much. <laughs> All right. Then... I still find it funny, but I will never put it on. I'm too sexy, right, said Fred. Really? I will never play that song. I will never choose to play that song. If uh, it comes on, see, I will silence. See, the Godier one I get because they were trying to make a, a serious song, and it just, you know, it just, uh, it was ham-fisted and not real good. <laughs> right, said Fred. I mean... It's just a goofy little song, you know. It's hard, that, that's a hard one to hate to me. I mean, it's not a it's not a good song. Right it now, was down. It's, not, it's it, entertaining. It was down to that, or Ice Ice Baby, and I oh. decided that I had to go with that one because at least Vanilla Ice had the right to steal from Queen. Like he he had the right idea stealing from Queen because if you're gonna steal, will, um, the best. I will say I, very, I have one. I have, I have a very quick right. Fred said, right said Fred story. <laughs> oh my God! Please said nobody ever. Please yes. Well, so this is this is when um, I'm too sexy. It's like number one all over the world, big giant hit. And I'm sitting there watching MTV, and we get to the top of the hour MTV news with Kurt Loder, <laughs> and Kurt Loder shows that their right said Fred is doing an in store appearance to at the big tower records in London or somewhere like that to celebrate their, you know, their song and album getting the number one. And it, you just kind of, he's talking over it as you see them sitting down with acoustic guitars. And he says, you know, and, and, and I think that you maybe saw a snippet of them doing an acoustic version of um, I'm too sexy. And then they cut back to the loader who I find hilarious by the way. And, and he says, 
Later on in the performance, the duo performed the Leonard Skinner classic, Sweet Home Alabama. We don't have video video on that, but I'm sure you can just imagine. (laughs) That sounds beautiful. Oh, my God. And my imagination's running wild. That is fantastic. All right. Now we're getting to a song that I would literally rather set up a screwdriver and crazy glue it to a table and then repeatedly slam my face into said screwdriver. Oh, wow. Ever hear the song again. Wow. Okay. The Pina Colada song. (laughs) I just put Rupert. Rupert Everett, yeah. Rupert. No, Rupert Everett's got from Harry Potter. Rupert Holmes. Rupert Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. That's Rupert Grant. Rupert. Well, who's no, Rupert Everett? Everett. Hey, first of all, what, first of all, the two people, the two people in that song are absolute trash. Yeah, they're yes, horrible they're people. Horrible. They're horrible human beings. They're terrible. They're the worst. They're the worst. And then they're like, "Ha ha! You were gonna oh, cheat on me. Yeah. How was uh-huh. funny. Cheat you on gonna, you. Hey, it was great. You were gonna get some strange. I was gonna get some strange." I didn't know know you liked booze and sex on the beach and yoga. Oh no, they weren't. They weren't. I didn't know you liked catching strange wieners. (laughs) I didn't know you were down to swing. We could open this marriage up. There there go our last two listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Rupert Holmes just unsubscribed. (laughs) Well, Well. and he actually had more than one, but I said I wasn't going to wrap anybody's knuckles. But it's—he's widely considered a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I—I I, just—I—I I hate, I hate the song so much. Song. I hate it. I hate. It's terrible storytelling, and you people are horrible. <laughs> There's literally a ring in hell for people like you. God, you miserable bastards. Anyway. How do you? Never everybody never hold back. The Pina Colada song riles such anger in anybody. Oh wow. wow. That is Phil Collins. God. It's like if can you imagine if he covered the Pina Colada song? Oh god. Well, I, well, I'm, I'm certainly gonna look and see if that exists now. <laughs> is that my torture? Like oh, that's your personal hell. <laughs> that's my personal hell. Is yeah. Phil Collins and John Landis singing the Pina Colada song for eternity. For all eternity. <laughs> Oh, well, I just have to shave my legs with a razor that's not quite sharp enough. Anyway, all right. Here's my number one. I don't think it's going to shock anybody. I despise this song. It has been overplayed since the day it was released in like 1983. I hate it. They're dirty. Please take a bath. I don't need to see your wear a T-shirt. Put a T-shirt on. You horrible, horrible, horrible people. (laughs) <laughs> I just hate them so much. Dexie's Midnight Runner. Oh, who who oh, hates Dexie's Midnight Runner? I do. I do. They're just they look dirty. They look like they haven't they they have no personal hygiene. I you started laughing because <laughs> I knew because I knew where you, once I realized where you were going, I started laughing because I'm like, who in the world hates that? Yeah. Just the, I, I knew where it was going. It was still funny. They were. T- it was funny, but it's it is a song that's not. It 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 sounds so plucky and upbeat and fun, and it's it's a he's he's trying to get in you know Eileen's knickers. Um, that's what's happening there. Uh, 
I just, if you look at every person that my, my lists are about, they're horrible humans. <laughs> wow. Did not see that one coming. I have to be yeah. with you. So, and then my, my, um, my, my one honorable mention that I had mention. dishonorable mention goes to groove is in the heart. Oh, now see that again. I don't think that's a, the video is, is utter video. garbage as, as we touched on in our last slap nuts episode the song is just a fun little dance song i don't know it's it's when okay it's i think fred schneider has a problem with love shack because it, you know he had to play it all the time yeah. and when i worked at i've worked at several different restaurants and that is always on the mix always on the mix groove mm -hmm. is in the heart I have learned to despise certain things, but like, look at, look at right said Fred. He is, he is vain vanity. That is one of the seven deadly sins. All right. Funky town. That is rage. That is another sin. Funky town is clearly like, she's saying, won't you take me to funky town? All right. The pina colada song that is, that is cheating. You're horrible. Lust, I guess. And then Gautier, somebody that I used to know. I don't know what that one's about, but man, you guys are miserable. And then come on, Eileen. I mean, if you just separate the, if you take out the O and the E and you, yeah, you got a porn. <clears throat> Get a porn right there. That's what I have to say. Okay. Um. Very well. <laughs> so any, so when, so wrapping up my, my list is those are just songs for me, like Right Said Fred has been overplayed so many times. It was a massive thing on TikTok. It was just overplayed since the day it came out. You know, Gautier was just a train wreck. <laughs> the Pina Colada song, You're Horrible People, Funky Town. My mother made me listen to that like 653 times when we were doing Runway. And then Come On Eileen is just the worst of humanity. It's like, Alrighty. If, it's like if a cock, very well. Come on, Eileen is like if a cockfight was a song. <laughs> if a cockfight was a song. I think that's a bit much. <laughs> Somebody else talk, please. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to follow that up. Back in the, I'll, I'll go next. I'll go next. All right. Um, my list will go pretty quick because I don't. I don't have deep seated issues about all of them. I just don't like. <laughs> I'm not comparing them to like biblical sin. I'm not going to smite them with smite them with fire and sow their ground with salt or anything like ld what's the point of the list <laughs> um these are the songs i don't like <laughs> um and it's so funny that you put one that you did ld because on my list is the song funky town but not by lip sync the remake by pseudo echo yes oh, wow. yes good point it it's worse he is my brother isn't he if it could <laughs> be Funky Town is not a good song. It's not, it doesn't horrifically offend me, but it's very vacuous and it's just, it's, it's just, it's not, it's just not something I care it's for that much. But, but, but it, you, if you consider that it's, it comes out toward the end of the disco era, it kind of fits. The pseudo echo version took all the funk out of Funky Town and turned it into bland corporate rock drivel. And it's just it's 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 horrible. I don't want to call an audible. At, at least, life. at least, if nothing else, if you were on the dance floor and they played lip sync, you could dance to it. Fair. Pseudo echo, you'd you'd probably you'd, you'd probably pee on the floor. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you wouldn't dance. 
I don't know what you'd do. You'd punch somebody in the face or pee in the punch bowl, but you wouldn't dance. It's really, it's a really bad song, and I really don't like it. Fair. Um, I'm surprised you didn't put this one, but this one is so common, and this, it's not, it's, it's not a good song, but it, you want to talk about overplayed. Ladies and gentlemen, let me present to you the Macarena. By yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I love the Macarena. Oh, no, I do not. I agree. And, it, and the, oh, God, and the, the dance. And everybody <laughs> was doing it. Like, the team that won the Super Bowl that year did it. And well, the, the, Bor- the freaking, Bor- pre- it. like, the president did it. Wasn't Boris Little- Yeltsin doing it? <laughs> Who? Boris Yeltsin? Yes, probably. Why not? Did the Ayatollah? <laughs> Stalin doing it. Yeah, Mussolini. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, I actually, I, okay, in the defense of the Macarena. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it taught me a little bit of Spanish. It came out when I was in college, so I had been heavily uh, imbibing alcohol. And it's just, I, I go back to a fun time in my life. Um, it was not, I think it was 99 when it came out. But late late 90s up yeah i absolutely i love the margarina and that's that's a total guilty pleasure song for me okay um sorry up next i have one that's a little off the beaten path but this was a hit in the mid 80s i think 19 by paul hardcastle i don't know that's a jazz musician well, okay, so this was kind of a techno, sort of a rap song, but it used voice samples from a documentary on Vietnam. So it's just really, really depressing. So it's like, no, 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 19. No, 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 19. And then it's like, there's a clip of, you know, some some news person saying, you know, to, you know, today in Vietnam, 1,000 American soldiers were killed in a bomb blast. It's like, oh, well, this is a feel-good summer hit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, talking about the yeah, war and death and post-traumatic stress disorder. That's a toe tapper. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Yeah. I mean, on the same front, you can also say 99 Look the Balloons was But that's a great that, song. That's, but that's actually a good song. It's this, this good is, song. Yes. This is I want you to think about what I said. A techno rap song about Vietnam using voice clips from a documentary on Vietnam. And the point of the song of the t- the title is the average age of the soldier in Vietnam was nineteen. That that's a big ask right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So nothing says feel okay. good summer hit quite like that. Um, up next, this is a song we mentioned in our last slap nuts episode. I'm going to offer up Cotton Eye Joe by the Rednecks. Oh come oh, on! That first, first of all, song. first of all, let's address the video. You're dressed like hillbillies, not rednecks there's a difference you're wearing you're wearing like no shirt and overalls and the you know the the hillbilly gym hat and dancing a happy jig in the barnyard y'all are you're dressed like hillbillies you're not dressed like a redneck a redneck would be wearing like a wife beater dirty jeans and a braves ball cap with a chaw of tobacco in his mouth there's these are subtle differences but they're differences these are my people okay i mean i'm not Uh, but, but the name of the album is genius sex and violins come on yeah, sax and violence, but the um, the other thing about it is, it sucks. They <laughs> took this they took this old timey folk song or bluegrass song, which is about you know if you listen to the lyrics, the, this this guy was gonna marry this girl, but this other guy made her made her dirty in the lap. Oh, okay. 
about you know I, I'd have been you know if it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe I'd have been married a long time ago because he he gave her the clout I uh, have. or lap bugs or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and it's just so. and it's just and it's just cloying and stupid and it's all it's it's all techno driven and just it's just fake. I hate it. I can't stand it. It's just it's trash. Um, and my last one is Aqua, uh, Bar- uh, Barbie Girl. Oh, yeah, Barbie Girl. Oh, you. I can't. <laughs> I, so that's my list. Okay. I you want to talk about Cotton Eye Joe some more? Or y'all? Did that <laughs> I, I think I'll. Uh, no. Let me, let, me, let me let you know what I came up with here, um, which is really funny because I did make notes on this one. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, I did make notes on this one, and instead of worst, I wrote warts. So I guess that tracks. <laughs> yep. Um, I have to give dishonorable mention, LD, you're going to hate me for this one, How Bizarre by OMC. I love that song. Let me tell you the reason I hate it. Because I had asked my senior prom date to accompany me to the Jersey Shore, and she declined. I got in my car, and that's the song that played. Oh, uh, shame that yeah, it yeah, well, it didn't. I think everything worked out for the best. Yeah, you just keep telling yourself that. <laughs> and I will. Did, uh, they, did they play that at your prom? Or something? No, it was, in the, it was in the car, but I left. So uh, I played okay. it at the prom, though. But uh, I gave dishonorable mention of that one. Uh, hey, uh, well, re- hey, real quick, what, what was like uh, the, the big song for your for y'all's prom years? Oh, mine was awful. Mine was Feeling Groovy. <laughs> no, 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 the song. Yes, Feeling Groovy. By who? Oh, was um was it Simon and Garfunkel? Why? Why was your prom like? the summer of 69 yeah for some reason someone did, thought it was a great idea and it really was you i was just said did you go to the problem with somebody named eunice yeah right <laughs> so the okay i was on the prom board at my school okay. and our theme ended up being hollywood you're welcome our final song of the night <laughs> oh was Nobody knows it but me by the Tony Rich Tony Project. Tony Rich Project. How did they not come up on a Money Wonder list? How did that happen? Um, what was yours? What was yours, T? I went. I went to the only prom in the history of proms that opened and closed with Rump Shaker. Wow, they bookended the prom with Rump Shaker. Yes. Now the theme of the prom was in the still of the night because Boys to Men had just remade that and it was a big hit or whatever. Yeah. Um, so despite the fact that it was the theme of it was in the still of the night, when you posed for your, your picture with your prom day, you would think like, oh, well, they probably had a background with stars and the moon. It's like, no, it was like a fishnet that had like crabs and shrimp <laughs> hanging in it. And then, then we go in there. <laughs> Someone totally missed that excitement, right? And then, and, okay, so then, then you actually, then we go in the cafeteria and we actually had a band instead of a DJ, and they opened with Rump Shaker, and then they did a bunch of other songs. Oh, and then at the end of the night, they did Rump Shaker again. Wow. Oh, my All God. All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. Just shake your rump. Your rump. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that was I'm, I'm sorry, Will. I forgot you were there. You made uh, that's all right. <laughs> Let's have a spelling contest. Um, I, I did put Groovers in the Heart on there. It's a pretty crappy song, let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. It yeah. does have a lot. Like the video is complete dreck, but the song is uh-huh. eh. again. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? So just go ahead and say um, it. We've already. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying the to hang on. Word is shit, to... guys. It's shit. <gasps> pearls, clutch those pearls, you. 
that's my number five. My number four is going to uh, Butterfly by Crazy Town. <laughs> I almost put that. I almost put that on my list. Well, I mean, if you want to think of a song that was put together that really had nothing going for it, that's it. I mean, bad song, music. bad lyrics, just what weird. Yeah, they, they had that weird guitar. That uh, it was just such a mess. I mean. Zero redeem, like there's nothing good about there's you, nothing, Butterfly. There's nothing, nothing good about you, Crazy Town. You have failed in every way possible. <laughs> I don't want to smite you, you like Dexie's Midnight Runners, but you you just watch yourself. Yeah, uh, that one's just, yeah, had to make a list. I, I did put for number three, Ice Ice Baby. It's a bad song, It's a guys. bad song. Come on. It is. It's not good. It's, it's, they stole from the best. They did. They did. But no, 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 no. Look, theirs goes. Mine goes. At least that's what my lawyer told me to say. So, yeah, that's a pile of garbage. But, okay. Ready to lose some listeners? Yep. I mean, if anyone's still listening to our podcast at this point. Yeah, I was going to say the bar is pretty low at this point. This is three hours of just utter shit. I just want to point out that this was the first dance for a very close friend's wedding. When it came on, he had to shoot me a look to get me to just stop what I was doing. I hate Melt With You by Modern English. I hate it. I that's hate like it. saying that you hate Ritz crackers. It's a garbage song. That's like it saying is. you hate pup. We has puppy dogs and Ritz crackers. It is drivel. That song is trash. You wouldn't you stop hate, the world and melt with me. You that hate, is something you that hate. an eighth grader would write in their like creative writing class. You it hate in the difference. You hate clean. I think you hate clean air and tacos. Yeah. No, 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 not tacos. Let's not go crazy here. No. Um, you hate cats. Uh, modern I'm English. I'm talking about the musical. I'm talking about our cats. Melt with you is just a bad song. It's not good. Can we just you acknowledge hate, that? You hate joy. You, I hate that you song. Hate joy. You hate being happy. That is my number two, guys. My number one. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Goes to Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. Oh. Audible, <laughs> audible. Oh no, audible. that song is crack. No, it is my birthday. Don't put it on crap. Audible, <laughs> you will all listen. We to can't that. stop her. Uh, we can't. There's nothing. We She's can drunk do. with power. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! She's drunk with birthday power. We can't stop her. There's nothing we can do. was nice, the party was bumping. And everybody having a ball. Until the fellas started in calling. And the girls respond to the call. I have a pool with shout out. Who let the dogs out? 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 I see the dogs Gonna tell myself I'm a no get angry. 
Two eighty girls calling them canine. Hey, but they tell me, hey man, start up the party. You put a woman in front and a man behind. I hear a woman shout out. Have mercy on your LD is, LD is so pleased with herself. Yeah, this is just. Uh, yeah, at least I didn't make you guys listen to Savage Garden. No, you did not. And, and, no, you didn't. Well, well thank God for small favors. Yeah. So, uh, so that's my list, folks. Uh, thanks for okay. having I have no regrets. <laughs> regrets. Oh, I'm sweating. I'm laughing. It's, uh, it's about a. Uh, it's about ugly women. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing that out there for everybody that yes, knows it, yes, it that. That's why I'm dancing to it, because that's terrible a song for song. me. Terrible song. Woop, woop. All right. Anyway, so uh, let's move on from, <laughs> yes. Yes. from that. <laughs> Far from that as we can. TJ threw this out, and I was like, heck, why not? And uh, so, T, what's the next thing up on the docket? The, the next and our final uh, topic, I believe, of the night. Um, all the other ones that we've done so far tonight sort of have some root in music. A lot of them with one-hit wonders. This one only tangentially touches on music in so much as, who makes you horny, baby? <laughs> <laughs> who gets your mouth no, running? No, so this is your top childhood <laughs> musical crushes. Now, I, I have to put that, that caveat in there. This is childhood. So, Will, well, well, I'm a little older than you, so that it might fit for you. But like, I couldn't throw out Shania Twain or Faith Hill because I was an adult by the time they were popular and I knew who they were. These, this is formative years. Who did you look at and go, oh, 
Gosh, she makes me feel funny. P- point of order, because some of these do go into my teenage years. Is that going to be acceptable? Yeah, I think as long as you were not uh, 19, I think. No, no, I was not 19, no. Okay, yep. Eight, eight, as long as you were 18 or younger, you were good. Yeah, okay. Okay, fair now, enough. Now, we're going to let LD go first because hers. I'm told that her list is not going to take long. Nope. <clears throat> it was Danny, Donnie, Jordan, John, and Joe. All right. Will, what do you got? <laughs> All right, so, uh, so if, I'm going to follow that up. If anybody's wondering, Danny, Donnie, Jordan, John, and Joe – were the collective known as New Kids on the Block. Now, I was part of that hysteria that came with the New Kids on the Block. Now, would say like uh, when I was growing up, I used to think Richard Marks was so friggin' hot, <laughs> and Rick Springfield was super hot because Grandma would sometimes turn on General Hospital, and I'd get to look at him. And it was okay with me. What a um, what a coincidence! I think that Richard Marx's wife is really hot. Yeah, she is. Totally fine to think that. And she was an MTV VJ, so technically, yes, she was. That's that. That's what it would have been for us all. She is music adjacent, so I think she counts. But yeah. uh, I also thought when I was growing up that I was going to marry Michael Jackson. That didn't really work out the way I planned it. So no, sorry, damn. But yeah, the the first real inkling that I had of oh my God, these guys are super hot, was when I saw New Kids on the Block doing Hanging Tough. And from that moment on, Danny, Donnie, Jordan, John, and Joe had my loins <laughs> because I didn't know what a heart was yet. But they definitely, um, yeah, they sparked my interest, so to say. And like, I remember waking up one night after I had a dream where I met Joe McIntyre and I woke up crying. <laughs> Because I knew I'd never, I'd never meet him in real life, and I, I remember that night vividly. And we were, li- uh, we were living in, we were living on Portland Street. So yeah, that was my first real childhood crush was all the members of the New Kids on the Block. Wow. Okay. All in one musical act. Yep. I was about that. All right, uh, Mr. Thrill. Well, I'm going to see if I can follow that up. Now, you're going to see a definitive shift in my tastes from the 80s to the 90s, okay. um, as as you do. Uh, the first one, I have to say, and TJ, let me know if you can back me up on this one, Tiffany. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, the red hair. Oh, yeah. The everything. Yes, the, the, all, all, the, the whole thing. I mean, when... All uh, of the was, everything with the Tiffany, yes. When she was saying, I think we're alone now, I was like, yes, Tiffany. Yes, we are. <laughs> Well, I'm fixing to be. All right, <laughs> I will be shortly. Wow. Hold that thought. And, and the, yeah, the, and there's something about the uh, the red hair just sets it off. Yeah, it really just again again sparked to the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you, you'll you'll see a definitive shift here as as time goes on. Uh, okay, we've discussed her at length, and I, I still stand by it. Patty Smythe. Yes, okay. she's, she's on my list. She's on my list too. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm sure another one on your list, and I'd be damned if I couldn't put her on here, Belinda Carlisle. Of course. Very yeah, high on my list. Like you do. But now we shift to the 90s. and you'll Really? See- wait, 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 wait. I know it's on <clears throat> TJ's list, but Susanna Hoff is not on your list. No, no, she, she's fine. I just, she's not in this, this, she's on this level. You picked Tiffany. Yes, I did. Over Susanna Hoff. You heard what I said. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. Now, now we see a definitive shift as we get into the '90s here, because I became more of a metalhead. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pose two to you to the group here, to see right. which you'd prefer: 
do we go with Sean Yaltst from White Zombie or Darcy Retsky from Smashing Pumpkins? Darcy. Darcy. Darcy, really? Darcy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because let me say, they they both caught my eye as a young lad. Darcy Um, had that, like, ice white hair, ice white skin. Yeah, she had, like, the the model type look, yeah. But Sean had sort of that kind of... She'd, she'd throw you around a yeah, bit. Yeah, but no, Darcy yeah. would too. Darcy wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it. Like, Maybe not. She would slap you for looking her sideways. Like, I feel like she's got a good, but, but she's strong but silent. For those of you who are playing along at home, White Zombie was my first concert. Oh, wow. And I was watching oh, really? the wow. whole time. <laughs> the whole that, time. First first, first concert will have to be a uh, a topic for a yeah, we'll have to slap nuts. Good time hour. But right. uh, that that rounds out my list, ladies and gentlemen. All right, that's my thought. Okay, so uh, I didn't follow the parameter oh, oh, in any way. Hey, hang on one second, T. Sure. Any of those women look like me? Maybe Darcy. Um, a little bit. I think Darcy. A little maybe, bit, yeah. A little I bit like a little Darcy. Bit Darcy, yeah. No, no, you're you're clearly a a, a busty redhead. <laughs> I wasn't no, spit, spitting image. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're alone now. Ah, there it is. <laughs> You can catch me at the mall if you want me. At <laughs> the mall. <laughs> or at the Palo Casino. <laughs> Whichever occurs first. Sounds uh, my list, folks. TJ, over to you. Okay. Right. Uh, I didn't follow the rules or parameters in any way because my list is like 15 long. <laughs> so I'm going to skiffle through them really quick. Uh, do you remember Stacy Q? Yes, I do. Stacy Q would be on my like, list. Like two of hearts, Stacy Q? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, yep. Okay. All right. Fair. Uh, Samantha Fox. Oh my God! I forgot about her. Good choice. Samantha, Samantha Fox, for those who don't know, was a pinup model, but she was like a page three girl, and um, she had a couple of hits. And one of her videos, it was either "Touch Me All Night Long" or "I Want to Have Some Fun," was basically porn. It was "Touch Me All Night Long." Yes, I, I do remember. Okay. That. Yeah, where she's yeah. like rolling around. It's like yeah. strobe lighted kind of, but it's her and a guy, and she's wearing like. Andre and they're rolling around in the sack and uh, no I, i've never seen that video at length yeah i didn't i didn't watch that one particular part over and over and over i didn't record it yeah i didn't keep rewinding it over and over <laughs> and over um christina amplett sorry christina amplett from the divinals oh okay there there you go um who I how I how I didn't put I touch myself as my favorite one hit wonder of the nineties is beyond me. That just popped in my point. head. I thought that would uh, and, make an appearance. And you know what? Sadly, she is she passed away. She passed away. Yeah, yeah. she 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 passed away from breast cancer. And and actually, it, uh, used that song for good. She reminds women like every time you hear that song, you should do a mammogram or a, a breast exam. That is awesome. Nice. Yeah, uh, but for like a frozen three minutes and forty eight seconds in time, it's not that I've mentally recorded that frame by frame in my mind and can tell you that's exactly how long it is but for a frozen three more minutes 48 seconds in time she was about the hottest thing that there's ever been in that video um i would throw out patty smythe uh she was on my list too will um tiffany also on my list yeah uh her counterpart debbie gibson um never did it for me deborah gibson deborah now if she didn't do it for you now I, i don't i don't know what to I don't know what to say about you. No, she she didn't didn't do it for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she went from the cute girl next door to a hey Debbie, how you doing, baby? No, she was attractive. I can acknowledge that. She has never floated my boat. Yeah, how about Pebbles? Yeah, 
Sorry, yeah. I, I can't get behind that one. I just I'd like to get behind that one. <laughs> to all of our female listeners, I am truly sorry. <laughs> Again, we knew what you were walking into. We gave the warning. You've seen you've heard our show. Hey, how about uh how about Janet Jackson? Okay, see yep. no, no I'm gonna say no. What? Okay. okay, I know, I know. I would. No, no. I ah, I can't I just see Michael. I can't get past it. Mm-hmm. Well, now there. Okay, now there is that. Now, see, to me, that's more a problem with Latoya. Yeah, I guess. But Janet, um, I just, I can't. I, and, and I know she's gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, I just can't get past it. Um. Okay. How about Jodie Watley? Yeah. She had yeah. that. She had a very exotic look. The very like model. She looked like a model, but her eyes were spaced really far apart, and they were really pretty. I'm. I like eyes. Clearly, so she had. She had very nice eyes. Uh, Lisa, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yep, I like Lisa. Lisa. Okay, so, so but now we're to my now we're to my actual top five. <laughs> yeah, now that we've gone through everything else, that was the preamble to the Constitution. <laughs> um, for number five, uh, this is a uh, boy. There's a lot of hair involved here, but I, I put Taylor Dane. Yeah, I get. Yeah, absolutely. I really I, like Taylor Dane. Again, very. She had a very exotic look about her. She really did. Yeah, Tawny Katane. Nice. Well, she's not really a musician. Um, oh, she, she's a chase. Music. She's music adjacent. No, if we're doing video chicks, then like I need to start the list over. <laughs> we'll be here all night. Fair enough. Uh, but anyway, I really like Taylor Dana. She had a very like, she had kind of a badass tough image, which I I, I kind of dug. Uh, on top, on top of being on top of being very pretty. Number four, I got Paul Abdul. Okay, Paul Abdul in the eighties. Yes. Yes. Not Paula Abdul, two thousand and four. Correct. Correct. No, we're talking okay. um, straight up, just the way that you love me, opposite to track, all those videos. Uh, cold heart snake. Oh yeah! Woohoo! And and my brother no longer needs us. He is <laughs> off on his own adventure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, boy, that was uh, that was that was some kind of something there where they were doing all the uh, nasty uh, dance posing and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, and she was wearing that. She was wearing that hat. That hat. You mean the fedora? Yeah. Fedora. Yeah, sexy hat. And then the, the sexiest she ever was to me was when she was dancing with uh, the cat. MC's cat. MC's cat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was yeah. a cartoon cat. That was super hot. Opposite to track. Um, it's a great video. Number three, Nancy Wilson. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of Nancy Wilson. I I I could see it. Um, couple of things. First of all, she's very pretty. Uh, she is, yes. Red, reddish, blondish hair. Uh, very pretty eyes. Very pretty face. But y'all, you've, y'all have seen the. Like, I don't know who was behind the music or what. Were, you know, they were, they were a great rock band. And then in the '80s, they kind of got restyled and uh, kind of glossed up by image people and whatever. And they made some music they don't like. I think some of it's still really good. I think "Alone" mm-hmm. is a fantastic song. Oh, it is, no doubt. Nothing, nothing to be ashamed of there, but. They said that there was some director that came up to them and said, and you have the face, Nancy, you have the ass. Huh. And that's what we're going to accentuate in these videos. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, uh, that's probably a little crass way to say it, but the guy knew his stuff. <laughs> when you play a character called Hot Girl in the Convertible. Yeah, and that's the role that's time, described. At Rich Model, whatever it was. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I think that says it all. And then I, I have a tie for number one, Susanna Hoffs and Belinda Carlisle. I cannot differentiate between oh, the two. Oh, wow. Those, a, 
But it's yeah, like Belinda, Belinda, I saw the video for um, Heaven is a Place on Earth at a very formative time for a young man. Yes, absolutely. Thir- 13 and the hormones uh, starting to kick in. And I looked at that and I said, "Woo, <laughs> goodness. I will, I will have to say two of my choices have already passed away. So it feels a little bit wrong to say them. Two of your choices? Two, two of my choices that I originally had like, slated for. And I was like, ah, yeah, I'm just going to go with all the new kids on the block. George Michael and Michael Hutchins. Really? Yeah. Michael Hutchins. Yeah, Michael Hutchins. Yeah. George Michael, really? George Michael in Oh, oh, oh dude, all the ladies liked George back in the day. When he was shaking his butt in face, face yeah. I'm like, that's what that's for. It's not just for sitting anymore. But look at it, Dennis. It's a perfect <laughs> circle. But, but Michael Hutchins, he had the hair <clears throat> and he had like what was I would soon discover was a mild case of dad bod. And I was I was here for it. He, he had that rocker. But kind also, of like, he kind of looked yeah. like, he kind of looked like Eddie Vedder. Like, mm, they have I a similar that. look. Similar, yeah. But yeah, you're right. So And, when, he, and he, he happened to be in a freaking great band, too. Oh, NXS, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love NXS. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, Belinda. He will, be, he will be making an appearance uh, this December for on our, on our list of. That's right. We ooh, have wow. Oh, ooh, 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 that would be a good one. We have, uh, we but anyway, yes, Belinda, Belinda obviously is on the list. Everything about her just screams, I, I'm hot. <laughs> and um, Susanna Hobbs, the minute, and I mean like the nanosecond. And, and if you're watching the video up until that point, you're thinking, oh, wow, she's, she's cute. You know? But when Susanna Hobbs cut those eyes and walk like an Egyptian, I was done. I was done, buddy. And I was like, was- oh, my God, look at that. When she, the funny thing was, for those who guys who, for you guys who don't know, here's a fun fact. Fun fact. She didn't actually know that the camera was on her because they had three cameras in the back. She's naturally that hot. Yeah. She just, she didn't even know that there was a camera on her when that happened. And the editor chose that shot. So she, she is just, really didn't she, have a say. She in. is just, she is like a 15 minute long fireworks show. She's uh-huh. every, she's fantastic she's gorgeous beautiful eyes beautiful face if you doubt this look look let me let me let me help you out here kids go find the movie the all-nighter and you'll thank me later find her video my side of the bed which was a solo oh, song she did yes um and then go find the video for the bangles in your room and when you know your wrist brain heals up then you can text me thank you mm. <laughs> Now that we've spent a half hour objecting, <laughs> we've lost all of our listeners. On my birthday, I'm glad we went with the sexy part. It must be my birthday. <laughs> um, come tomorrow if you guys would like to give me a gift. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating or review. We would love that. I think we've been hovering at like thirty-seven since in a row jesus get back here um we've been hovering at like 37 for the longest times and i i would really appreciate if you guys would head over there and give us a rating or review on apple Podcasts because i don't think you can really do it on like stitcher soundcloud or anything like that but uh those ratings really help put us in the algorithm i think we've got like a really good show and i'm proud of this and it, it's an awesome way for me to hang out with my brother, my brother to hang out with my husband. 
you know, it's a, it's a fun thing for us. And so if you guys could, please just head on over there, leave a rating or review, and uh, that would make my day uh, for us to get to like 50 reviews. It is. It's a great way for me to hang out with your husband and you to hang out with me and us to make people feel uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) If you've walked away mildly scarred from this episode, we've done our job. I was going to say, mission accomplished. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, in other news also come probably in like the next week or so, I will be posting up on Facebook for you guys to give us your ideas for our draft. Now we're looking for 10 ideas because I'm coming up with 10, TJ's coming up with 10, Will the Thrill's coming up with 10, and you guys will come up with 10. So there will be a cap on how many people can actually post on the site, but don't private message us, wait for that one particular post to go up so we can have it in one place so it doesn't get lost. And if you're wondering, there are ways to reach out to us other than Facebook, and I'm gonna get to those in just a second. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. You can find us on Twitter at rock and roll LT Uh, party with us over on Instagram. That's rock and roll heaven LT. You can check us out on our Facebook page, which is where you can actually put your ideas for the draft when that pops up. And that's at rock and roll heaven pod. Still not saying our website and you can email us at rock and roll heaven LT at gmail.com. And please Make sure while you are in your podcatcher of choice that you also check out all the other awesome Pantheon podcasts. And you can do that anywhere you find awesome podcasts, but you can also do it at pantheonpodcast.com. And uh, so TJ, would you like to say goodnight to the fine folks out there? Bye, everybody. All right. Mr. Will the Thrill, do you have anything that you'd like to say to the audience? Thanks for hanging out with us. We will get back to Jim Croce next week. Jim Croce next week. And uh, hang on. I'm going to I'm gonna find something really quick. Hang on. It's an outro? It is an outro. I've got to pick a song for our outro. Okay. Pick something that doesn't suck this time. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had a, a rough go. Yeah, we've, had our, we've shot our ration of suck for the evening. Uh, maybe something that doesn't, you know, <laughs> suck. Uh, then I'm going to play my favorite song of all time. Because it is my birthday and no one can say mm. anything. So, from all of us here at Rock and Roll Heaven, to all you guys out there, just remember the light at the tunnel, maybe you. The light at the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel. There's a tunnel, there's some light. It could be you. I don't know. Listen she's to She's old. She's, she's old. She's confused. This is why she shouldn't have a driver's license anymore. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We are going to close with uh, one of my favorite songs of all time and uh if you guys don't know now you know have a great night we will catch you guys next week
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 